Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So my guest today is Darwin Liu. He's a founder and CEO behind X Agency, a dynamic team of growth engineers and digital storytellers. Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Darwin. Hey, Tatiana. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Good, good. Looking forward to our chat. So my classic first question is start with some background. Give me a bit of an idea of who you are and how did you get to do what you do? Yeah, so I graduated college in 2008. And as any college student, I didn't know what the hell to do with my life. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I didn't, you know, my, my degree was more, you know, economics, but I actually partied much of my college career. With that said, right out of college, <laughs> I Googled how to get rich online. And I sort of left my faith, <laughs> left, left my faith to Google, right? As, as much as us, us do. Uh, first result that came up was online marketing. So that was sort of where I started in 2008, Googled it. Um, I lived in my mom's basement for about two years, learned how to code websites, learn how to market. With that said, when I first started, it was sort of the wild, wild west for Facebook and Google. Google was already sort of established, but it was still a little bit easier to do more gray hat slash black hat things, right? Hmm. So when starting out, what I sold were scams. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I sold free teeth whitening scams, free, <laughs> you know, get an iPad, enter your email, right? These are, these are sort of CPA sort of affiliate type offers that you could do back in the day. It's way harder now, by the way. However, with that said, while I was doing it, you know, we were able to sort of, sort of quote, hack Facebook, right? We're able to do a script first where they had to invite all their friends, then I would get paid. Next step would be to enter their email and I would get paid for the emails. So um, with that said, if you can sort of picture it, someone would invite all of their friends with a click of a button. A couple of those friends would put in their email and then it would cascade down. And I was making somewhere around 300 to $600 per day, thinking I struck it rich, telling my parents that, hey, I told you so. <laughs> Everything is great, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm well established now. Um, I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna move out soon. With that said, in about two months, Facebook caught on, canceled. You know, I I owed about thirty grand on my credit card. <laughs> Oops, <after. ma'am. laughs> Exactly. You know, then I, I had to eat my words. Right by that point, I tried everything. You know, and I I sort of lost my sense of money because I thought I was rich. So. Tried everything in the world, tried more marketing techniques, owed about 30 grand on my credit card, couldn't pay anything. At that point, it was like, all right, well, I had to sort of, you know, the, the biggest fear I think any entrepreneur has is sort of admitting failure, right? And at that point, mm. I, I I truly failed. So I had to tell all my friends, I had to tell my parents, they were ever just, I told you so, you should have got a job a long time ago, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> With that said, though, I, I, I saw it more as sort of, you know, a, a, whatever we were doing was a means to an end and not the end itself. Right. And I wasn't going to quit. So I, I, I basically got a um, marketing job um, entry level at a company at an agency. And, you know, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have anything. However, with all the experience that I had, um, I was able to get a job doing this. Right. Long story short, um, I built up my network over about five years and then really just branched off on my own afterwards. So now we have uh, X agency. I think I don't even know how long I've been doing this for 
somewhere around five years ish right now. We're in the eight five thousand. We we've grown to twenty plus employees. Um, we're we're doing pretty well, I'd say. I love that. I, I love that you start with like really the 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 kind of a kids dream and everybody thinking like I have four kids and oftentimes I'm like I'm just gonna go in the line and be a gamer and the people are gonna pay me for whatever and and, and it's so it, well you you you've been there you've done that so I guess I, I think when you started with I graduated college in 2008 I was like I had my second kid in 2009 I'm old. <laughs> No, you don't <laughs> look that old. You really don't. You look younger than me, actually, Tatiana. Yeah, yeah. Trust him. Trust him, people. Like you, you're not going to see the video, but yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> no, no, but yeah. So I, I love the way that you're not because you see all of those profiles and things like on LinkedIn and Twitter and people telling those stories. Um, of, you know, how they always got it together. And it was always like, I always knew what I'm doing and da, da, da. And I love the fact that you went on, okay, well, I, I tried that and it was a bit, you know, nonsensical and it worked for a bit and then it failed and you learn from failures. And I think it's not, uh, it's something that we don't talk about enough as entrepreneurs. It's the importance of, of, of failures in, in what we do. And, and you bring up a, an amazing point, right? And a lot nowadays, every, you know, the new generation of kids, they don't want a job. They just want to get rich, rich, nice and quick, yes. right? And all they see, and, and the reason why they want to jump into it is because every single social media feed that they see is, you know, kids in private jets and luxury yachts and all this stuff. And all they see is success. And that's yeah. all they're striving towards. What they don't understand is that there is always failure. And that is part of this whole journey. Once mm. failure hits though, they never see it. They, all they see is the success side of all these successful folks without seeing all the failures that they've gone through to actually get there. When the first failure hits, they think they failed already and they quit, you know? So, yeah, um, exactly. yeah. So it's definitely important. Yeah. Failure is definitely super important in this whole process that we call entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if, you, if you're scared of failing, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing, you know, go and get the job. It, it, it's just something that's much calmer and safer, I guess, if you if you like, because in a way you're, you're kind of working for someone who who is going to be responsible for their failures and therefore it's responsible for you, but you don't have that on your back at least. Like if you know, I, I agree on the commerce side safer, I'd say probably not. Right. Because now <laughs> yeah. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess. Yeah. I remember when I started um, in, in it some ages ago and yeah, which is actually something you still get like uh, when, when you're working for yourself, you, you have, cause I, I change countries try to do it often, not as often as I like with the kids. It's not that easy, but like when you get to a new country and, and you say to like, you know, the authorities and you try doing your proper paperwork and everything, it's like, I'm an entrepreneur and they're like, oh, Jesus. And, and it's like, <laughs> I'm making more money than anybody <laughs> on a, you know, average job here. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> yep. Uh, agreed. And I think it really comes down to, you know, um, um, I guess the majority of, of folks not understanding what we're doing. And I feel like mm. it's it's harder for us to, you know, really get loans and all that stuff too. So I don't know why they make mm. it so difficult, but yes, I, I agree with you. I guess it's an opportunity for someone to sort that out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Let's talk about X agency. Why X agency? What's, what's with the name? 
Well, you know, that, that sort of goes back to your thing about smart branding and, and domains, right? <laughs> when, I, when I started X Agency, um, I've already had experience buying websites and domains. So I understood the power of it, you know, and to sort of explain how we got the X Agency, it really came down to having a nice brandable name that I could afford. Okay. So to, to start off, when I, when I was working at my agency, I had side clients as well. With that said, my side clients, when I worked at the agency, I only worked on paid search when I first started, okay? And when I was doing side clients, I was really good at paid search. So I bought a domain called SEM Consultants, and SEM stands for Search Engine Marketing. That was cheap. That was $100. With that, I was able to really get side clients on Upwork um, through through referrals um, while I was working at the agency. And, And they knew that I was an expert in SEM because that's what I did. When I left my company to start my own full, full, you know, full service agency, I realized I couldn't use SEM anymore. And I couldn't use the term consultants because that makes me seem smaller than I am. Right. So I just looked for, you know, a full, I literally just scraped and crawled and looked for any domain I could find that I could afford. And and X agency wasn't one of them. And I sort of built it around that X agency itself was $5,000, but you know, it was brandable. It wasn't something, it wasn't like a three word domain where it's like internet marketing experts or something like that, you know? So that's, that's how XABC hmm. came about. Was that, that was way before X, like the Twitter rebranded L, yes. yes. wasn't it? Yes, way before. Yeah. I think a lot of people like you are like, ah, oh, for Christ's sake, now with everything with X. <laughs> yeah, I think, I I think his, <laughs> his rebranding definitely helps us out a little bit, you know, the fact that we take X agency. Yeah, 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 it does. It, it does. Yeah. I, I can see definitely with, with that, all of X, whatever names getting popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's cool. No, I, I like it as um as a, like the, the letter, I guess it, it's like a, X like a place on the map, but as an unknown as well, it, it, it has a lot of meanings you can put and play with. Yeah. And our, and our, and our tagline that we sort of re, kind of rebranded to is we solve for X basically. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. So what do you do? Tell me a bit more about what you do in X agency. Uh, yes. So X agency is always a full service performance agency, right? We, we do online marketing or digital marketing, email, Google. I mean, if you want to just sort of picture it, um, it's sort of you going on Google searching for your favorite apparel, you clicking on it and then getting bombarded with annoying ads and emails about that same product. That's basically mm-hmm. what what we do as a company. What we do differently as a company compared to, say, the tens of thousands of other agencies, I'm just throwing a, a number out there because there's a lot, right, <laughs> is, is sort of, I guess, our approach to how we do it. Um, when I was working the old agency, you know, I realized that there was a lot of things wrong with the model, which is everything's about, you know, cost savings and, and and automated bidding, right? What they ended up doing was um, hiring less folks, buying more expensive tools for automated reports and bidding, and it mm. ends up being less of a marketing company, more of a sort of reporting company. Their folks didn't really know what they were doing. And we saw, you know, gains of say 10 to 12% growth for our clients year over year. However, you know, I saw that model and I was like, all right, well, this actually isn't, this doesn't make us better. It doesn't separate us where we're part of the whole 80% of the other companies out there. How do we actually become better? Right? So I always take a contrarian approach to life and also the company itself. That's sort of one of our values. If everyone is doing one thing, you can't expect to be better if you're doing the same exact thing. Hmm. So for us over here, right, 
Sure, we do We do prioritize and understand deep knowledge. We read the same blogs that other digital marketers do. Um, we, we follow the same best practices, right? However, with that said, once we understand it and once we know how to use it, we we run our tests and we sort of hack the algorithm. So we're, we're performance-based. Everything we do is performance, um, performance marketing, performance branding, however you want to call it. When we hack the system and, and we always try to find things that are different than our, uh, our other sort of competitors, we end up, you know, a lot of our clients have grown 30, usually our clients go at the minimum 30% without an increase in spend. But we've had tons mm. of clients grow 200 to 300% in revenue uh, with, without huge increases in spend, right? A lot of our companies have gone after being sold to PE groups um, who um, who buy them up because they've grown so much. You know, we've had a, we have a recent client that we just did a case study and a documentary on where Within the first year, we grew them from 50 million to 100 million uh, with an increase of 20% in spend only. So we doubled their revenue with about 20% increase in spend. That never happens. Most agencies, 80% of them, they to, to double your revenue, they need to quadruple their, their spend, <laughs> drop their return on investment, and, and it's not scalable. It's not incremental profitability, right? We focus on that. Mm. We focus We focus on the true metrics, which is revenue and ROI for the company. We don't focus on digital marketing metrics like impressions, clicks, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Can you do that with any company? Like, can any company come to you for, for your services? Or is there some specific size, location, industry? Great, great question, Tatiana. So usually on, on my side... Um, for us, it's usually mid-to-price level clients, right? So anywhere from, say, um, our client size, usually their revenues, I'm trying to think of the minimum, from around 3 million to 500 million is sort of our our primary target. Um, with that said, though, we we basically take on clients that, that can afford us, right? Because there are startups that have VC funding that can actually come and pay for us, right? Um, however, there are there are companies that that can't afford us, and we try to stay away from those. When I first started the company, the, the majority of agencies take the same track. They start small, they go for local, smaller local businesses, and then mm-hmm. they move on, and then they try to move on to the big ones. We sort of cut that out, and we've just moved on to sort of the, the middle level, enterprise level clients. With that said, though, I have a bunch of small business owners who always hit me up and ask for, you know, hey, do you guys do service for us, blah, blah, blah. I normally say no. However, I always do give free advice because, again, for us, it doesn't make sense to charge a small agency. I mean, sorry, a small company $5,000 for one service when I can quickly, I have all these write-ups where I can just send it over to them and say, hey, Mm. I'm a small company. These are the things that you should do that is the most cost-effective for you. That's cool. That's cool. And in terms of geography, you can work with anyone, I guess, at some point. Yeah, we, we have inter- yep. our clients span the, span the globe. So we have clients in Australia, UK, Germany. Um, not, You know what? I think we have one client in China. So, yes, every, we have you know folks in Ukraine, nothing in Russia, but yeah, I'd say international. Cool. And what would you say are some like crazy do's and don'ts? in terms of you know like I, I can do that with domains easily like when people come to all the, the, the mistakes people make most often when it comes to domains so in your industry what is that that people like you you would like you're sick of repeating just why are doing that yeah so what i would say is especially for your audience the the you know <clears throat> solopreneurs and, and the people who are starting out 
is that they they think that to start they have to pay to play. There's so many free opportunities out there that if they set it up, they can get free marketing traffic that you know you don't have to pay for. So for example, making sure your Google My Business, your Bing My Business, your Facebook page is set up for either services or, or products. Um, getting your your free listing set up if you're selling stuff. Um, getting your free Facebook shop set up if you're selling stuff, right? So there are a lot more free free places that if you set it up free traffic will come. You don't have to pay an arm and a leg for, and I would always start with those before starting to pay for Facebook mm. or Google traffic. Mm. What is your, what are your thoughts on the, the, we, we kind of touched on domains when we just spoke about your own company domain name. What are your thoughts like with your clients on domain names and domain name strategy? Oh, domain names hundred percent matter, right? <laughs> uh, not only for SEO value, but for branding value. So a lot of times, you know, our usually our clients already have a brandable domain name. However, I do remember one time where I, I did have a client that didn't have a brand brandable domain name, and we did have them buy a brandable domain name. It was maybe somewhere around fifteen grand. And at the end of the day, it took a little bit. It took somewhere around three to four months to get them back to where they were. But afterwards, they did grow, and now they are more brandable, and, and they can, um, you know, they 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 they're more out there now because of a brandable domain name. So I mm. say, one, domain names are super important. Two, paying the fixed costs of say, you know five to 30 grand for a domain, which is normally what I recommend um, for domain, you know, depending on, on what size company they are. Um, that, let's just say it's 30 grand. That 30 grand is way more worth it in the long run because one, increases conversion rate. Two, um, you get more SEO value. That fixed cost upfront pays in dividends later on in a couple of years. Hmm. That's something that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm... I haven't just got, I guess, around to have the time to think about and, and it's not easily doable, but that's um, what you just said about like people look at that as, oh, you know, 30K is a huge amount of money to spend on a domain name, but then the same people would end up putting money in the bin over, let's say, one year to buy traffic, to, you know, print advertising, to whatever to put a domain name that people can't remember and can't refer to or misspell. And like this, it's very hard because you can't track that to quantify it so that they see they're actually losing more money on that than they would, you know, if they get the name. And I think you, you said you, you've done some of economic education. I, I studied for an accountant and like never, never, I'm actually bad at it. But <laughs> one thing that's left from there is, uh, is a quote um, that was people spend too much time thinking of uh, the cost of doing something. They should think about the cost of not doing it. And that's, um, yeah. That is a, that is something. a great, Great quote, by the way. Yes, and exactly. And I wish I knew that quote so I can spew it more. I'm going to use. I'm going to steal that from you, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, if, like think, think, and think about it, right. Our clients are easily willing to spend thirty grand a, a week on marketing, but they won't spend thirty grand on a domain. And if you want to think about it, that thirty grand on marketing, if all we did was spend it on the domain itself, and if all we did was increase our conversion rates by one to two percent. Mm. Every single exactly. marketing, 
dollar that we are spending in the future is literally way more efficient and it is worth way more in the long run, you know, but they don't see that. So we always put, you know, we're, we're a numbers driven company, right? Everything we do is based on numbers. Even myself personally, uh, you know, I measure my life in numbers, my, my productivity, everything is measured in numbers. So we have this on a spreadsheet where we'll say, Hey guys, just by buying this domain, increasing 1% conversion rate will increase your revenue by this much in millions, which is why you should be doing something like this. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Philip Kotler, that's, that was who said the quote. I, I, I have to mention it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just so I, like, it wasn't me, but yeah, I remember it. Cool. How do you see artificial intelligence affecting what you do? Yeah, um, the thing is, artificial intelligence has been sort of on the forefront in terms of what we do for a while now. And even when you know, Google and Facebook and stuff started rolling out automated bidding. Uh, I hear a bunch of my agency friends and marketing friends on the forums, everyone's crying and being scared and complaining and saying, hey, we're going to lose our jobs to automated bidding and things like that, right? With that said, though, again, these these AI tools are still man-made. And if it is mm. man-made, you know, man controls it. So for us, right, we need to shift our thinking into less being doers, but more strategic thinkers. And that's sort of where we're mm. at. And we we truly, uh, you know, our, our goal is to understand the algorithms, understand how they work and run tests to see how they work. Once we do, we pull the levers to sort of hack the system, right? So if you want to sort of picture it, uh, someone who has a mentality that AI does everything for you is just going to put some settings on and let it run and let it go forever. For us, mm. we know that we control the AI. So an example would be in Google ads, what we do is we realize that, you know, the way Google and, and all these sort of marketing channels work is the way, and the way AI works is, is trying to make sure that, let's just talk about Google. If, if you know, if the AI was not working for them, uh, for marketing, what, what we would end up doing as a client would be, we would move over to Bing and Facebook. So, so they want to make sure that everything mm. that they're, they're running for us is making money. So it's an 80, 20 rule. What they do is they'll, they'll show 20% of the products for 80% of your spend, because they know that those 20% of products make money. Mm. Once we've understood that we, we sort of force Google to spend on the other 80% of the products through sort of these little hacks that we do by breaking things out and forcing these, you know, these campaigns to, to actually run uh, campaigns and products and, and sort of keywords that Google would never show if we actually didn't do it the way we did by doing mm. that, we're able to, and that's sort of our, our sort of, you know, one big thing, right? Well, when we do something like that, we're able to cut CPCs in half. We're able to basically show I'd say double our clicks for the same spend because we cut CPCs in half by doing these little hacks and doing something like that, we're able to almost double revenue, right? So mm. again, back to your question really is AI is here. However, you know, man is still, humans are still more important and we still need to be the ones pulling the levers. So we need to switch. Mm. You still, If you still want your job, just learn how to pivot from thinking like a doer and more like a strategic thinker. Mm. Absolutely. It's it's funny how people think a lot of people and therefore a lot of companies, I guess, because yeah, it comes down to people, um, think about um yeah, Google search engines, social media, it's like it, it's running around trying to follow that algorithm and the other algorithm and I should do this and they told me to do that. And and I've had chats with some um guests on the podcast that work in different industries, but I guess a majority of them that have touch points with those with, you know, social media marketing, SEO, 
the, the thing that repeats there, which I find interesting, is exactly what you just said, that you, you have to not forget that you are actually in control and ultimately you're working with people and for people. And, and that's just always going to be the case. Yep, agreed. Cool. Um, last question, I think. What are you up to now that's, that's kind of cool and exciting and you're looking forward to? Yeah, so I mean, I have a bunch of things going on. Um, let's see. So I have another business called AmericanBully.com. Um, really? Yes. What's that about? I, uh, so <laughs> funny story for you is that this goes back to the domain branding piece and I have a couple more stuff on that too, <laughs> which was I was searching, you know, I, I saw these really big looking dogs that were basically pit bulls, but like two times its size and humongous. Okay. Anyways, I didn't know that they were American bullies while doing the research, right? However, when I was doing research, I realized that, Hey, these, it's actually a different breed. It's called American bully. And then when I, because I'm an internet marketer, I sort of looked at the search volume and it was more, more searches on the quote American bully than knives. Right. I was just like, Whoa, this, <laughs> And these dogs are somewhere around five to 30 grand a piece. So I was mm. like, wow, these owners have a ton of money and they're willing to spend on their dogs. So, you know, I, I looked it up. I, I was like, okay, well, the domain is some, somewhere and already has it. Do I want to buy it? Right. Um, and usually back to the domain purchasing piece, there always is a public price and it was somewhere around 15 or 20 grand. However, you can always negotiate that down. So I got the domain for somewhere around 10 grand. Okay. So um, got the domain. Funny thing is I saw that the trademark itself was expiring. So I, I stuck on top of it. So now I own the, the trademark to American Bully, the domain cool. to American Bully, and we sell clothing to Bully breed dogs. So that's that's one business I have going on. Um, another funny story for you is I had a domain called Small Business Marketing that I paid um, 30 grand for. With that said, though, <laughs> I, you know, and I always left it as one year renewals to go on and, and just let it run. Right. And I have so many things going on in the, in my email. And I always thought that it would just get renewed. With that said though, my, my credit card expired and I didn't realize. No. It. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, that was, that was a 30 grand mistake, Tatiana. I literally lost it. There was freaking nothing I can do. So now as a pro tip for people who do have expensive domains, Please pay for the ten year yeah. plus. Please pay for the domain protection. It will it will save you dividends in the in the long run. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, a, no, I do I do say that I do have blogs like I do say to people mm -hmm. just take it seriously. Don't I do have like companies where like the owner would have like the trademark, the name, like everything goes around the domain name. They would have like I know the IT guy who they don't even know registered the name to their own personal account and then they like bugger off somewhere or they're annoyed or they just forget it. It's just like, it's crazy. It is crazy. Right. And it is a real thing. Like, like it yeah. is. So just, just make sure you protect it because, it, and I'd say for the most part, you know, domains, I'd say from my experience, don't really drop in value versus mm. you know physical real estate. It is a great mm. market to park your money. Um, people make a crap ton of money on it, you know? So, um, very important. I, I still buy domains when I can. I, I look for expired domains um, that I can pick up that already have link juice, right? Um, another thing that I'm also doing right now is also branching to real estate just because whatever we're doing, Tatiana, we still need our, our mouths, our arms and legs. And, and if I yeah. lost those right now, it's, it's you know, sort of my business is gone. It's still not passive. So I'm trying to move everything I make into passive income so my money can work for me and I don't have to work so hard. Hmm. Absolutely. 
Cool. Well, that, that's been an absolute pleasure. And I think there's like a lot of things people can learn from listening to that. So thank you. Thanks a lot. We'll include links to where people can reach you in the comments for the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me, Tatiana. This was super fun. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.